feeling good. I've said a prayer already, and here we go. I'm going to start the time. Boop. You are seen, you are heard, you are loved by God. You're not alone, you're fully known, you are loved by God. Well, welcome to See, Here Love for a very, very special episode that we've never done before. We're actually turning the camera to the people that actually make See, Here Love happen and to the people that probably are the least likely who want to be... <laughs> want to be seen or heard, which is very ironic considering the title of the show. So I am so excited that for the first time ever, I am interviewing my team, the See Here Love team. I'm going to get them to introduce themselves and we're going to just have a talk about the past year, highs and lows, things we learned, challenges we faced. And so I'm so glad that you, our listeners, are going to get a chance to meet this incredible team. So Without further ado, here it is, our See Here Love team year in review featuring Becca, Kelly, Laura, and Paula. Give it up for them. Woo! I'll cheer. Yay. And let's start with Becca, and we'll kind of go around, kind of round table as to uh, introduce yourself, who you are, and what your role is and what you do here at See Here Love so that people get to know you. So, Becca, let's start with you. Okay. Well, I'm Becca, and I'm an American. <laughs> I think I'm the only American on this team. Um, mm -hmm. and I came on as an intern actually two years ago and got to the, I got to start editing the show and then I've been involved in post-production, pre-production planning and a lot of producing. So I help with, um, making sure the show is actually in its ready to be on TV final form, hopefully. Sometimes, usually. <laughs> <laughs> Becca, you, you, I mean, but you do, I mean, so much more too. You do their sizzle reels, our promos. You manage, you know, podcast, radio. Uh, you upload and, and create social media clips. I mean, you do, there's a lot. So for, for what, if people want to know what you do, you know, your hand and creativity is on every part of See, Hear, Love in, in so many parts of the content. Um, so couldn't do it without you. So basically associate producer plus, 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 plus yeah. is your role. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we like Americans with us here in Canada. <laughs> That's great. All right. Kelly. Hi, Kelly. I know this is your favorite thing to do. Oh, no. You wish you could do this every week. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All right. So I'm Kelly Nuttall and I've been with Melinda now three years. And I started out when Mel said, you know, I need a little bit of help just one day a week. They think maybe you could, you know, come on board because I've been with Crossroads for a long time and I actually worked in the missions. But when Mel said, can you help? I said, sure, of course I can come and help you. And that, of course, has expanded. And I help with the administration behind the scenes. And basically Mel comes up with all these great ideas to do things. And it's my job to help her do things. Whether that's the administration, whether that's you know helping on production days, you know whatever I can to help her do her dream, I think is kind of what I like to do. So I'm oh that's yeah, amazing. I'm kind yeah, of behind and, the scenes. So yeah, so Kelly basically makes things happen and coordinates everything so that. Uh, I'm on track, but that the show and everything's sort of running smoothly. I, I think, Kelly, you'd be like, I'm so bad with cars. Like, is it gas to the car or oil to the engine or, I don't know, something like that. But Just okay. kind of think of oil and or, gas. Or think of Fred Flintstone <laughs> and his little feet going in the car. <laughs> that's kind of, okay. you know. <laughs> so that's, that's Kelly. Right. Just Kelly's feet, feet on the See Here Love. She's a motor. Old, old car. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, totally. Yes, that's true. Thanks, Cal. It's it's so true. I couldn't do it without you. So people get to know that you kind of help run this co coordination of everything for See Your Love. Yeah, amazing. All right, Laura. Well, I'm Laura, and I'm the social media manager for See Your Love, and I'm also the designer behind the branding. So I'm the founder of a, a small branding studio called Wellington and Gray, and I help out mostly female entrepreneurs with their branding and their website and their social media 
and a couple of years ago, Melinda was one of my first clients when I first started. So uh, I just I love what I do here, and I'm so excited to be part of the team and to be doing this podcast. <laughs> Woo! Oh, oh, that whoa, Laura might have to have you back on some podcasts and co-hosts. <laughs> Uh, when you see the beautiful graphics on Instagram and quotes and our branding for so many things, that's Laura. So Laura kind of brings the beauty um, and the color and creativity uh, and inspiration to see her love. So, you know, for our listeners, when they see that, that is basically like Laura's fingerprints all over that. So grateful for you, Laura. Um and that's right. I remember we were like, we need a brand. What is See Here Love? Who is See Here Love? And we went to you so many years ago and said, who are we? What do we look like? And you came up with a beautiful brand guide. And we've been using that ever since. Our colors, flowers, plants, all that kind of thing. Even from our set design was inspired a lot in our brands, right? Our brand guide. And in the promotional material, uh, that's part of our brand guide. So... Yeah, thank you so much. It's awesome. Paula, it is actually so good to see you. For a lot of people, they, they don't know, but we haven't we haven't seen you in a while. It's like a reunion for a couple months. Mm-hmm. Three months. Because you created another human being. Yes, about a little girl. <laughs> She's three months old. So this is a really nice part of the day to do something other than diapers and cleaning bottles and rocking. And <laughs> it felt really nice to put on like real clothes. So yeah, this is awesome. Glad to see you all. Amazing. All right. So who are you and what were you doing uh, the past year with See Here Love? Sure. So I'm Paola Faker, and I work on the See Here Love team doing uh, guesting coordination. So I work with Melinda and the rest of the team on choosing guests for the different episodes based on theme or, you know, if there's kind of a hot topic we want to discuss, we source out people that would want to share a personal story or an expert on the topic to come on the show. So, yeah, it's fun to meet different people and, you know, learn their stories and find experts in areas you didn't know were a thing. And, yeah, it's been really fun. Yeah, we've really and that's you. been... Yes, we have. Yeah, we've really missed you. <laughs> yeah, actually, this is our intervention. Ha-ha, <laughs> <laughs> surprise. <laughs> Paula. <laughs> that's what this is. <laughs> it is. Tricked you. This isn't a podcast. It's an intervention to get you back, like, today. No, no, would never do that. Um, yeah, and so Paula and I worked uh, years ago in a, you know, promotions... Um, organization and that's how we, we got to know each other and through many different things and and so when there was opportunity and Paolo was open and available it was like you've got to come and help us and and so yeah we couldn't do it without you for guesting I think a lot of people think guesting is just like call somebody up and they come it's actually a lot of work to get our experts and our guests uh, to the show um, I'm so thankful for all of you I kind of giggle because Many times people outside of us think we're like a 25 person strong team. I'm not kidding. They're like, so you probably have a guesting like team, a creative marketing team. You probably have a couple coordinators. You probably have a couple associate producers. So you're probably about 20 people, I would say, 2025. I'm like, no, (laughs) we are a small, mighty team of, you know, women leaders who do our work and it's it's pretty incredible like when i tell you know people actually how many they're like no because of the output and of all the things we do they they are amazed and that really speaks to to all of you so i'm so thankful for you on the team and uh i guess that's a compliment that we're like 25 people strong like we are we are the creative force of 25 people so that's pretty good you guys you're like a five person team in yourself so (laughs) All right, let's talk because I'm really fascinated to hear about your thoughts on the year. Now, it's, you know, it can be sort of personal, it can be work related. But when we came into after season five and we realized we were in a pandemic and we had no one knew what this was going to be like, I actually want to hear your honest thoughts about what did you think the year was going to be like? I mean, what did you think was going to happen with See Here Love? And I think it's more of just an honest conversation. It can be mixed in with personal too. Just 
what were you thinking, like really week one and two? And then I'm going to ask you sort of a review about the year. So who wants to start? Like, did you think See Her Love was going to last? Do you think we were going to make it? Kelly is right in there. <laughs> Go ahead, Kel. <laughs> Only because while the rest of the world was all thinking, oh, my goodness, this is a pandemic. We're going to shut down. What's going to happen? Mel was like, we got to do something. <laughs> and she immediately went on the offensive or into the, okay, what are we going to do? You know, we need to do something. We need to get out there. A lot of people are, you know, they're worried, they're stressed because, you know, we were going into it by a couple of weeks now and, you know, everyone was unsure, very fearful of what was happening. And Mel's like, we need to connect with people. We need to make sure that everybody is doing, okay, we need to keep moving forward. So from the team perspective, uh, we didn't have, like, it was, it was great, actually. I have to admit it was great because you, you also helped refocus us so that you kind of didn't get into that fearful, oh, no, what's going to happen? What are we going to do? You were like, okay, this is it. This is the challenge. How are we going to cross that mountain or go over that bridge? So, I mean, to me, hmm. it was a great experience, actually, because you kept us moving forward. Yeah, I Okay. I was going to say, I, I looked back as a social media manager would do at our post around that time. <laughs> and um, not even like three weeks in, Linda, if you've met her, like there's no chance that she would like slow down. So not even like I think two or three weeks into the pandemic, she had <laughs> scheduled this webinar for us called We've Got This, right? With like a psychotherapist, a physiotherapist, or not, yeah. Um, a psychiatrist, I think, and a social worker. Yeah. Exactly the people that, the guests that we would want to hear from at that time. And it was a really popular webinar and it kind of launched us into the webinar arena, right? Um, I think you were probably one of the first people to shift that way. So like, I just feel like Melinda took an opportunity and made it what it could be. Like she didn't say like, oh, we can't do this, we can't do this. She's like, what can we do? It was like, no studio, no problem. Let's meet in my living room, I got my slippers on, let's do this. <laughs> and I also want to say something. I remember like the first time we all got together at a Zoom meeting like a weekend, I was like, oh my gosh, thank you. I'm seeing someone other than like my own small family. Like let's get together, I get to like put some makeup on, you know, so like it, it actually kept me motivated during a difficult time. So I'm thankful for that. Yeah. Mm. Awesome. I don't think it was ever about worrying if See Her Love would make it because your leadership wasn't like, okay, let's just do the bare minimum to get by until things go back to normal. You really wanted to re-envision how we can, you know, refocus, shift things and still give viewers the best excellent content it wasn't like okay we're just going to make it through and you know cut corners and do what we can so I think that speaks to your leadership a lot is not we never felt you know unsure or on shaky ground even though things would change you know based on regulations it never felt like the show was suffering and that we weren't putting out the best content it's mm. encouraging to hear it's good Becca, yeah. I know Becca was working hard. <laughs> well, I, I, I agree with Kelly that like working hard was like what got me through those first few months uh, while I was adjusting is like, I, I, uh, I was taking a lot of walks. Uh, <laughs> I was doing, and, and uh, I think it was, it was definitely a good thing to be able to kind of shift our focus to focus on something it was a it was a lot like I think there was one time when you and I were talking about something and I was like we recorded seven interviews <laughs> this week we had four, I, I think we had four interviews and three panel discussions in the course of one week and Melinda was like yeah let's not do that again <laughs> so we haven't done quite that much work since then but no it was really good and I think it it I didn't see it turning out this way at all. I think I I was optimistic, a little over optimistic. I think we all were about oh yeah, come come the beginning of September we'll all be back in the studio and we were, mm -hmm. but that wasn't the end of um, it, it wasn't the same and it wasn't the end of um, our our experience with pandemic restrictions and all of that. So, but at the same time, 
it's also provided such an opportunity that I wouldn't have thought to actually connect with really cool people, like <laughs> people that I never thought we'd have on our little show in Canada because they wouldn't come to little old Canada. <laughs> so I, I think that, that that provided a really op a good opportunity. I think we've had some really good conversations over the past year. And I think, I, I, yeah, it, it doesn't look at all like I thought it would, but it, it's been really good too. Mm -hmm. Well, that's actually really good to hear. Like I know, and I think maybe that's, you know, I, I'm very encouraged by what you're saying. Uh, I think that it, it maybe that is part of me where in a crisis, it's always been you need to rise above because if you don't, and I've seen, I'll be honest, I've seen other people and organizations and women leaders get really stuck on those first three weeks. It, like it paralyzed mm -hmm. them. Like there is, and I'm not saying it's not a judgment, but it just was like, they kind of stopped and, and, and then it was a, a many months to get them back, you know, going. And I think for me, if I'm, you know, thinking back to that time, I, I, I remember having a moment of a prayer and it was like, you know, God was really saying like, this is your moment. You've got to do this. And I've given you a team that can do it. And, uh, now's the time. And you're right, Laura, we were the first webinar out of Crossroads Media. We were the first show that did a webinar out of any of the shows that is produced out of Crossroads to actually do a webinar. And we were one of the first shows that understood Zoom. Yeah, we accidentally like became we, experts in it. For the we accidentally word. became experts of Zoom. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a good bag thing because now everybody was calling us to do Zoom. Like we were now the experts. But we had to figure out pretty quickly how to do it, how to do content not in studio and webinars and so we figured out zoom and i think that really speaks to you guys too that you are so easy and we i know pivot is such an overused word but i believe we kind of own pivot way before it became that because we literally took we were going this direction straight ahead and we pivoted huge because we'd never done a webinar we had never done zoom and we learned things pretty quickly and then we actually added 13 plus more shows for coast to coast to coast content than ever before. So thank you for that. And I'm glad to know that you weren't afraid that we were going to all go under. Like, I don't know if, if I thought that, I, I don't think, I don't think I thought that people wouldn't want content. I think when you don't know what you don't know, you can start thinking of like, what's going to happen. You know, are people going to start, uh, doing YouTube shows and from their basement and from their skateboards and we're out of jobs. Like I, we didn't know. But then what we did find out was people needed inspirational, motivational content and they were coming to us for it. And that was really, it was sort of like we stepped into the space that I believe God has given to us mm -hmm. to be inspirational, hopeful, motivational. <laughs> Kelly. Sorry, the, the one thing I was just going to speak into that is it's your heart for women and for people and for reaching out because normally and you know summer season comes along we go into reruns we kind of take a breather you know we evaluate the year we begin to prepare for our next season um but when the pandemic did hit last year your response was to no you know what we need to still we we need to still come up with new content we need to keep people connected and that's how we ended up with our coast to coast. So we expect people from across the coast, just you know, across Canada, to say, okay, well, how are you doing? Like how? Because each province has handled this differently. We've all been, you know, in different ways and stuff. Um, but it was still, you know, your heart to make sure that people know that you know what we are here. God does see you. He is listening, and He still loves you, even though we're in uncertain times. So. I thought mm -hmm. that was just a, a great blessing. Yeah, I just also wanted to share when I looked back on on posts, I think it was on, on March 17, and I'll, I'll read the caption to you in a sec, but so that was like maybe four days after everything shut down. Um, we posted that, we have great content for you on your March break and beyond. Because remember at the time, March <laughs> was a week, and then we thought it was going to be two weeks. And I was like, oh, the kids will go back in two weeks. <laughs> No, not a chance. Like, 
So I, what we said, though, in, in the caption, I want to read it to you, is that we are a community of women that are here for you and for each other. Leave us a comment or send us a DM. We are praying for you during this time. You are never alone. So I feel like right away we set the tone on social media and in our shows to be what we had always been, but be that community of women for everybody to know that they're not alone. Yeah. That's good to look back, Laura. Thanks for that. Because sometimes you kind of keep going ahead, ahead, ahead in content. And I think it's important that you actually take a pause and look back. Like if, if we actually sat and looked back of how far we've come, you guys, it's amazing what this year, what See Here Love produced, what we did. It's pretty phenomenal as for, and, and I've, you know, I've heard that from many people that wow your team really just rose like a lot of people said you rose to the pandemic not to to the occasion but you literally rose to the pandemic and i'm like okay that's cool hey it's chris friend of see here love with melinda sorry to interrupt this conversation but i just had to let you know that the only way that see here love gets to produce fun and authentic conversations like this one is through your financial donations so go to seeherelove.com and click on the big donate button. Thanks for your support. Let's get back to the show. Well, it's a good segue now then to hear from you all about your favorite moment or show that happened this past year. I think it's good to kind of like in the midst of all of this, the pandemic and and, and struggle. And I, I never want to you know lessen that because that is important to to acknowledge. But I also like to think about, like, what are some of the, the, the highs, the wins, the moment that stood out for you uh, this year? Paola, what, what do you think? Like, your thought about moment or show that really spoke to you and why? Mm -hmm. My favorite or one of my favorite episodes was when you interviewed the four different um, Christian female leaders that were, I think, all of them were millennials. And so... Mm -hmm. For me, it was just really a demonstration of See Here Love's commitment to amplifying voices and maybe not always, you know, this CEO of a huge company or, you know, what a typical big leader might look like, but people who are leading in their spaces daily. And for me, it was really encouraging to listen to these women share some of their challenges. There's some of the same challenges that I face as well. And I think it also demonstrates your commitment to mentoring the next generation, because I think a lot of people would say that they're passionate about mentoring, but to actually mentor and raise up the next generation and look behind you and do what you can for them, it's a very different thing. So I think that episode was a really cool demonstration of some of See Here Love's values. And um, yeah, it was just really great for me. I felt like I could connect with them. And uh, yeah, I think that was one of my favorite ones. Mm -hmm. That was a really good one. I don't know if you guys have others, you can speak into that, but I loved that one. I think, first of all, the energy on the screen was like, wow, you know, and I think you're right. I think, you know, the heart of See Here Love is about mentoring, giving young women a chance. And I think that just really exemplified. And they were really, I mean, I was always, I always laugh though, Paola, because every time you kind of go into leadership, in, in especially with millennial women and if they're single it always goes into dating because remember how it was like let's talk about leadership and these and then it, it, it steered into let's talk about dating and where are the single guys and being single and it, it was just it it was just like a, a really cool you know full picture of the experience of young women leading being single relationship struggles mm -hmm. and they yeah, were also I, I felt they were also confident in just who they were and their identity in christ and it, you sometimes see young people trying to like climb this ladder and clawing their way. And it just looks so forced and difficult and unnatural. But when you see these women who are just doing their thing and they're in their lane and you know, their motivations are pure, it's, you can really see that. So that was encouraging, especially this year with all the change we've all gone through with COVID, um, keeping your mind in check and knowing who you are and who you belong to is, is, always important but especially so this year yeah mm -hmm. exactly mm -hmm. anybody with thoughts with that show i liked when they talked about dating you guys because i really yeah <laughs> i was gonna ask like you were all married where did you meet guys <laughs> <laughs> that will be our other podcast our other uh see her love team podcast for five hour marathon on where did you meet your guy 
All right. Um, Becca, your favorite show or moment of this past year? I So I think my favorite is the fact that we actually went through with an idea that had been kind of, uh, I don't know, rattling around since the beginning of season five, I think, um, which is the takeover. We wanted to have a, a show where another person got to take over Melinda's hosting chair and host a show. And for me, it was really cool because I think I, I love the idea of like the idea that, um, Paula was expressing like of amplifying voices. And this is another area where you're amplifying another person's voice and perspective and hearing from different people that don't necessarily do this. I, I think a lot of times, um, the kinds of people that go on TV are, it's a specific kind and it's not Kelly, right? We need to be <laughs> no. hearing from the Kellys, <laughs> right? So I, I feel like sometimes, you know, sometimes you, you hear a very different voice if you are watching a TV show versus if you're reading a book because different personalities are drawn to different types of media. And so I think in this way, and also because one of my own friends from college um, actually applied and then was uh, selected to be one of the takeover hosts. And I know that she's not someone who would put herself forward that way under normal circumstances. But I think that having these people who have something to share and leading them through the process of this is how you, you do a show, even though they had no experience in television and this was definitely throwing them in the deep end. And I really loved the shows. Um, not all of them have aired yet, but I've seen them all. And I really loved the ones, the topics that they picked, the guests that they had on, the conversations. I, I really, I think that they are different from what we usually do and in a really good way um, that they introduce mm -hmm. these ideas that, that sometimes we don't, we don't really get to talk about. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, takeover was one of those ideas. I think we were sitting in a team meeting. <laughs> Maybe I was I was bored. I don't know. I was trying to come up with an idea for the No, I think it really I mean I will say this you guys. Maybe the I think the pandemic for me personally allowed just some space for me to think creatively because you know, when you have some space and you don't know what's going to happen, it does kind of I don't know. It, it just it does give you space to go, "Oh wait, there's some areas that I would love to explore and maybe this is the year because every year we were just doing kind of the same thing, do the shows, do the thing. And I think we were having a conversation and I was like, Oh, we should do takeover. And now I think we started with two and we ended we with four. With one. And Mel's like, no, you know, I think we need to do this and we need to have someone. <laughs> yeah. I remember. Yeah. A couple times. Yeah. At first, it was like we're looking for someone who's like 25, and then we're like, no, we're looking for everybody. And then there's like, <laughs> then there was also a male because at first it was a female. <laughs> That's funny. It was. It just morphed. It was like one, no two, and then I had a conversation with an elder older woman, and she was like, "You should have older women on." I'm like, "Okay." And then yeah, we just started adding everybody. Everybody was invited, but um. I think it was a good opportunity for us. I think, you know, when all of you got on the call with them and told them what you do and how you helped them along, that was great mentoring. We actually demonstrated mentoring and support for someone who didn't know. Uh, what was really neat is when I did a podcast with them, the podcast, them talking, I actually asked them what was the, you know, what were your thoughts about how much work it takes to do a show to host and every single one of them said, we have no idea how much work it took. Mm -hmm. We honestly thought you kind of find the guests and then you just interview them. <laughs> like, and, and again, you guys, we're in this world. So you, we take it for granted the process and what it takes. For our four takeover, when I interviewed them, they were like in shock. Like I didn't know how much work it was to guest and to script, even to practice teleprompter, to write, to promote, to edit it. When you're in studio, the camera, how to look, how to be engaged and not nervous and being warm and listening. Like it was so overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And I think I will be honest with you. It was validating. <laughs> I felt really validated after hearing from them because it's like, finally, like, 
you, the everyday person, understands a bit of this work. It's not just like I think people assume because media creation is so easy now because you can do TikTok and YouTube and a lot of things. I think a lot of young people especially think we're just whipping up a show. You know, I'm, I'm filming it off my iPhone and we're putting it up on, you know, on YouTube. And I think it was very validating to hear. And they were very, very wowed with you guys. Mm -hmm. They were like, again, they were some of the people who thought we were a team of 25. And when they came to do the takeover, they're like, oh, there's four of you? <laughs> like, that's it? And I'm like, yeah, that's us. Now, they got to meet the other people, like our Crossroads production team, but... Anyway, it was just, it was really good. But yeah, I loved that too, Becca. That was a great, a great moment for us. All right, Laura, your moment show this yeah, year. Yeah, I feel like this year you really went there, like with, with topics that we covered. So I just had a little list of ones. Like we covered loneliness, mental health struggles, infertility, grief. Um, recently we did the celebrity church culture, which I'm so glad that you stood up and spoke into that. Um, and one of them that I really needed to watch was also recently our Asian voice, especially after I learned that in early days, one of my Asian friends had um, racist comments said to her. So the, the fact that you, you covered that and you had an amazing panel and also not just covered it and heard people's stories, but let people like myself know, what can we do? How can we stand up and, and support this and stop this? So I really, really liked that show. And also just from like my perspective, seeing the popularity of the episodes, I think all of the different topics you covered was, was so important that you aren't afraid to go there. I think it, it's so great. And to be the voice. Mm, thanks, Laura. Yeah, I you know in a year, not just pandemic, but just, I think for more mainstream and, and a lot more people understanding racism. I mean, we had Black Lives Matter, but what was happening was that the rise of anti-Asian racism was happening because of COVID. And we, you know, in, in that podcast you heard because it was a China virus. And so there was blame and, and escalation around that. And then because it was China, it was Asian. And then every Asian person got thrown in the mix, uh, in so many ways. And, and the rise of, of Asian racism, I think it was so necessary to bring that to light because a lot of my Asian friends were hurting and their parents were hurting. And you saw them elderly people being pushed and and kicked on the streets and not just in the US, but we we're seeing that in Canada, out in Vancouver and in Toronto. So these are our own neighborhoods that are, you know, right next to us. And we were seeing that happen. So I appreciate that, Laura, because I think a responsibility to have a platform like what we have means that we need to speak into important issues and 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 speak into not just hope, but also how, right? Like the hope and then the how do we stop or how do we do or how do we heal? or, And I think that has always been my heart to um, provide content and a platform for those conversations. And so, yeah, I'm really proud of our Asian voice. I'm actually really proud too of the infertility show. I had a lot of you know personal friends say, thank you for doing that and doing it with such grace and... Uh, and sensitivity around language and around the people you chose. That was a really tremendous show. And, and you know, Paolo, that was a lot of guesting for you. I mean, we guested that we worked on that show to find the right people to speak into that because you just didn't want random people. I think that's the other thing too about guesting is that it, that's the work. You have to make sure you get the right people, you know, um, and the ones that can speak in, in the, in, you know, understanding us and the language that see here love is and, and the spirit of in which we are. And so there's that. So yeah, Laura, that's great. And I'm glad that you identified those specific topics because those were really important. Now, granted, thanks to our good friend, Dr. Mary, who I got to sit down with and literally as a psychotherapist go, what are the top reasons people are going to counseling? <laughs> why, why is everybody going to see you? Why are you doing so well in the pandemic? And she listed all the things. And so part of that was our topics for actually season six was hearing from a really trusted uh, psychotherapist saying, 
these are what people are struggling with. So grief and lament, adaptability. So that's good. Yeah. Awesome. All right, Kelly, the moment. Yeah. The oh, that's always so hard. Uh, honestly, just because, you know, like, like you're saying that we're always kind of talking about topics and subjects and things that are, you know, dear to people's hearts. Um, and honestly, it seems like every show we have, you can always come away with some nugget. Like there's someone is always expressing something where it's like, oh, you know, I didn't I didn't really look at it that way. But you're right. You know, like there's always something. a lot of the times I'll come away and ponder things and think about them and look differently. And it's so I mean, honestly, throughout the whole year, there's always something I can like Saxton, Saxton, for example, when we had um, I love listening to the accent is one thing, but the same thing, just always <laughs> these little nuggets of information that I always think are great. As Becca had, had talked about with her friend um, doing one of the takeovers, you know, deconstruction to reconstruction. That's something that, you know, a lot of people are afraid to talk about, you know, they're doubting their faith. Well, what do you mean? How can I doubt my faith? Like, that, you know, you almost feel like, you know, this something's going to come down and attack you because, you know, you even thought that way. And yet, you know, you have open and, and honest conversations with people and you find out that, you know what, it's okay to have those thoughts. Um, but, you know, I mean, God sees us in, in, in every area of our life, whether we're feeling strong, whether we're feeling weak, feeling alone. You know, he's promised to never leave us nor take us. And it's always good to have other people share their their thoughts and their wisdom with us as we journey along. Um, the one one interview I do remember was when we did Jason Brown. He was the mm. football player. He was this big, you know, you could tell football player, like he was just this big man. And, you know, he was going on about, you know, how he'd, he'd had the perfect life, essentially, right? He was doing really well and Life was great, but of course, you know, kind of down the path um, and realized that he hit rock bottom. And, you know, he knew that he needed Jesus. And that was our show that we talked about was why Jesus. And Mel had asked him this question, and you just saw, like, there was a moment where he just, like, totally inside, like, just broke down and realized because the, the show was about why Jesus. You know, like, why do we follow Jesus? Why is he important? And you can just tell that his whole emotion was all there. And it was just, he just loves Jesus. And he's just, it's like, I I, I would always think of, of Noah, you know, walking, just walking along. And Jesus was right alongside walking with him. And that's the way it came across with him. It was like Jesus was mm. his best friend. And it was just, I just thought, oh, here's this man. And it was like, and you could see that Jesus was his, was his best friend. And he just, he was mm -hmm. important in his life. So. Yeah, that one, Kelly, you kept talking a lot about mm -hmm. because Jason, you know, the big African-American guy, and he starts bawling, mm -hmm. like uncontrollably, like he couldn't stop. And as an interviewer, when somebody starts crying, you kind of go with it. Like sometimes people are like, like small little, this guy was bringing it like he was sobbing i remember we're like i was at one moment I'm like do i turn the camera off is it a moment like and, and as an interview you just heard like what do you do and he's crying he's like i can't believe this he's wiping huge crocodile tears from his face and he's crying and it's we let it run because it was a moment i think for even for him it shook him that he was so emotional as he talked about why Jesus, when he said, I had everything, I had all the, you know, the, the booze and everything in the bar, I had all the cars, the house, the pool, everything, the parties, and yet I couldn't sleep at night, I wasn't happy, I wasn't at peace, like nothing. And then, you know, I had millions of dollars, and then he walks away from a $35 million contract. To this day, I still have people go, well, why didn't he just keep the 35 million and then, you know, love Jesus and support the poor? <laughs> I'm like, I hear you, but sometimes God will call you to something else and to be a farmer and to give away your food to the poor. 
because you're actually like growing food in the ground, which is beautiful, and then giving it to people who need it. I, I that's transformed him. Mm-hmm. Money can't do mm-hmm. that. And I think that was a good lesson. It's like money. Yes, of course, you can buy the food to give to people. But I think for him, it was actually growing the food and being with the people and giving it to them has made his life rich. And now he lives on a cool farm with all his kids and his wife and they're doing well. So that was a great moment. That was a that was a great show. Well, I would just say that all of what you shared are some of my favorite moments, really. Like I loved our Asian voice. I love the millennial leaders. I love the takeover. I like I really loved um, the voices. I mean, the segments that we brought in. Uh, the topics that we brought in. I loved coast to coast to coast across Canada. I really loved that uh, moment too. Um, I loved being taping Christmas in the studio with actually our Christmas decorations. I think just for me personally, I was so thankful that I didn't have to do Christmas at home on Zoom, but that we actually were able to decorate trees and be there. And then within days, there was lockdown and we couldn't go back to studio. So I felt that was a major win moment for us that we got in right before the next lockdown which seemed to be our year right it was like lockdown studio now not studio now studio now not studio so uh i think you know i think one of my biggest moments overall was just our flexibility and how we how we continue to do our show in the midst of a pandemic in the midst of so much tension you know racial tension um uncertainty i think that was my greatest moment as a leader uh leading you know all of you would see her love was just to see a team be so flexible and so willing to make it happen really proud of you really proud of us and thankful for what a year we did Hi, this is Becca, the associate producer of See Here Love, interrupting this great conversation to let you know that there are more shows and great content and blogs at seeherelove.com and our YouTube channel. Content to help you and give you tools as you care for your mental health, relationships, being single, being married, family issues, your self-confidence. We're here for you to help you find joy and small wins in your everyday as we lean into relationship with Jesus and intentional community. So check us out at seeherelove.com. And if you want to help us keep making this kind of content, you can donate to us at seeherelove.com slash donate. And really, to keep Melinda and I working and with jobs, donate. And finally, if you found this episode inspiring, please take a moment to share it with someone who would enjoy it and to rate and review our podcast. It really helps. Now back to our conversation with Melinda. Well, let me end with this. Um, and surprisingly, we're almost like over time. I was like, man, if, if, if they're not going to talk, I, I'm going to have to do fillers. But you guys did so well. Uh, let's just talk finally. Um, you know, we're, we're at the end of the season. We're going into season seven. Uh, maybe a combo question. Maybe something you learned that might encourage uh, a young woman struggling today. And you know my heart on mentoring. They call us virtual mentors. But maybe just a lesson you've learned, not maybe this year, but you that you know or you've learned that could really encourage someone today as they're going, man, another year. What's it going to be like? The uncertainty uh, struggle. Um, I think that's the best way to end. Kelly's ready to go. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Kelly, the one who was so afraid to talk, you guys, <laughs> terrified. I don't want to be on. Da, da, da. And now it's like, she's just on. See, this is what happens. I got to get it out first. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> the one thing I have, I've discovered, so being an introvert, right? Um, the pandemic wasn't a huge thing for me, honestly, because I'm in the sense, you know what? I'm okay. You can leave me in my house. I don't have to be out doing, you know, all sorts of crazy things, but um, the one thing I did discover, though, is it is important to still be connected to some core people in your life. It's important to have, you know, those two or three, you know, whether it's family members, whether it's friends or whatever, to make sure that you still stay connected. Because it is easy to withdraw and, you know, kind of, stay away and avoid people, but then loneliness can set in. So my encouragement is to make sure as, as you know, there's that saying where um, uh, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Mm-hmm. 
that's only true to a certain point. It's only you only miss them in the beginning, but then over time you realize, hey, you know what? Maybe I don't. You know, I I should give them a call, but that I'll do it next week or the week after. But you know what? You can't because then you realize, oh my goodness, it's been how long, and you know you become disconnected. So it is important mm-hmm. to find the people, and they always they are your support for the days when. You know, you feel like you don't have the strength to keep going. Well, usually they are, they have the strength that day and vice versa. On the days when they don't, you know, they can't do it, they're falling behind, they feel like they're sinking, then it's like all of a sudden you can come alongside them and you're their strength. So I think that that's, that's important. That's great. So stay connected with your people or, you know, just keep people, don't isolate because that's the biggest thing. We have found that people have been isolating, um, but really be intentional about reaching out and connecting with people. It's great. Kel, mm-hmm. who's next? Mm-hmm. Who wants to go next? Okay, Laura. Uh, well, one thing I learned about myself is that it's so important to take it day by day. Like every day will be different, as we know. Um, can't really plan ahead right now, so you just have to let it go. One day my kids will love online school. The next day they'll be like, screaming and I want to chuck the iPad up the window. So it's just day by day, do your thing and tomorrow is a new day. That's that's what I've taken from this pandemic for sure. And um, I think one of your questions was encouragement to young women kind of struggling today. And Mel, you're an amazing example of this. I would just say to do the thing. Like this year, you did a book and you did podcasts and we kept going and I would just encourage women to do the thing. The world needs what you have and don't compare yourself to others. It's so easy to get lost in like an Instagram poll where you're like, oh, this person has this many likes. This person is doing this and this and this, but just do your thing and the world needs what you have. And I saw a little quote somewhere and said, work for a cause, not for the applause. So think about what you're doing and why you're doing it and make sure you love what you're doing. And I think everything will fall into place. That's beautiful. I like that work for the cause, not for the applause. That's amazing. Oh, and guys, we forgot. Thank you, Laura, for bringing that up. We also did a book. (laughs) I can't believe we forgot that. I was like, what's the moment? What's the thing? And I knew there was something really big that I was forgetting. (laughs) And Laura's like, oh, yeah, the book. Oh, yeah, the book, you guys, 50 Voices, 49 Canadians. I always said Joe was American, but she's uh, from the U.K. Five men, all women, the rest were women. What a, what a, that was a big two. We launched our first book, and that was exciting. A lot of people were excited about it, came on board. We had a launch team. It's on, you know, I can't believe we not only have a book selling through Crossroads, but it's on Amazon. It's on Chapters Indigo. It's on some other American book, uh, plat, you know, platforms. So that was a huge achievement for us as well. And that was big. And that again came out of, oh, no, you guys, that came out of a team meeting where we were like, hmm, what can we do <laughs> in a pandemic? And I think this is a good lesson for us. What can we do in a pandemic that we already have? I think one of the things I always tell young women, too, it's like, don't reinvent and recreate something that you may already have. Like, we already had blogs already. We didn't have to recreate anything as far as content. We just had to curate them and then present them in a book. So I think that was one of the great things about us as a team, where it's like, what do we have already? What can we use not to make additional new work in the sense of new idea work, but just what we have. So that was huge. Always know. Here's our plug. If you haven't ordered your book, seeherelove.com <laughs> slash always know. <laughs> have to do a plug in the middle of the show. All right. That's great, Laura. Okay. Paola Becca. I'll hop in. Okay. Um, so I've, as you guys know, I have two little ones under two at home, which is a challenge in itself without a pandemic because usually, you know, you tell young moms, you know, you have to have your village and you have to have your mom group and your friends and you've got to reach out into the community. But when that's kind of taken away, it makes you get a little bit creative about how you go through that. And I think for me, I had a really, really hard time after the birth of my first child 
And so when that started to happen again with my second, my mom said to me, she was like, listen, if you're struggling, you don't get an award at the end because you said you did it alone and you didn't reach out to connect and get help and get whatever support that might be like a doctor, therapist, friends. So that just always is in the front of my mind is at the end of this, no one's getting some big award because they didn't reach out or didn't get the help that they needed. So Hmm. That's my encouragement. And also as part of that too, I've learned how important it is to protect your peace during whatever difficult season you might be in. And sometimes that's, you know, putting up some boundaries or making tough decisions, but just protecting your peace when you don't do that, you know, maybe you're afraid of disappointing others. It's never worth it. And um, yeah, just keeping your mental health at the forefront is important. And as they always say you can't put on someone else's oxygen mask if yours isn't on. So just making sure that you're taking care of yourself and yeah. Mm. That's really good, Paolo. That's really good. And I think that, you know, that for all of us, I mean, I think that's just a reminder even for us as a team to ensure that we're taking care of our own mental health and, and making sure that we're sharing with one another if we are struggling, what can be done, what we can do. And, you know, if, even as a leader for a team, but also I notice sometimes with leaders, it's been interesting having conversations with women who have felt that they've had to just keep going, going, going and not take care of themselves because they have to take care of everybody else. But talking about the oxygen mask, we've got to take care of ourselves first to take mm-hmm. care of others. And if we don't, even if we're leading out of a an exhausted, dry place, that's not good. It's not good for anybody, you know, for myself or anybody else included. So that's really good. And I think boundaries is a big one. I think for women, we tend not to do boundaries well. I, I'm trying and learning that even in my own life, like boundaries. But it's hard, you know, because you want to be with everybody and nurture people and help people and be there for people. And you've got responsibility and family. And and yet, you know, boundaries are important that you, you must have them or else things just go chaotic and crazy. So that's really good. And you're okay. Sort of... Um, checking you out on instagram with your your baby so cute like i love the pictures you post it's a good no. thing they're cute mel because sometimes <laughs> it's like it's trying i was talking to the pediatrician and i was saying to him like she just she won't sleep at night like it's making me crazy what's wrong with her she's not sleeping and he's like, well, isn't it just so nice to feel needed? I'm like, well, I could feel a little less needed at 3 a.m. Like, I could do with a little less of that. Oh, man. Yeah, thanks, Doc. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Doc. Yeah, th- thanks for that ad- advice. <laughs> oh, that's good. All right, Becca, let's end with you. Yeah. What you've learned and encouragement. I was trying to find a verse reference, but I failed. But, um, you know, walking with some... <laughs> some younger women through this past year um it's been interesting because like I've been seeing a lot of you know myself in them right and I have sort of the benefit of a little bit of experience but I think the biggest thing for me were uh to have grace for yourself um because a lot of us I think have expected ourselves to keep functioning like everything's normal and sometimes we're able to pull it off and I think I, I definitely have, you know, and then, and then you have these days where you're like, it's three, it's 3 PM. I need to get working. Um, and mm-hmm. it's just really hard. Some, some days it's really hard. So having grace for yourself and realizing that these things that are happening actually do affect us. It doesn't, you know, I'm safe, I'm warm, I'm fed and I'm alone. And that, that makes a difference. And so that's one thing, but then also finding out, actually finding out what it, what it takes for you to be healthy, to be happy. Um, and that it's not really, it's not always what you think it is. Um, you know, for me, I I discovered something about my, myself this past year, which is that I'm a morning person, but then after that, you have to persevere in doing those things. You have to persevere in actually setting a boundary and going to bed on time. And I'm, I know Paula, I'm sorry that you can't, <laughs> but, but then, then persevere in doing the work of actually waking up and going for a run like you know you need to. And I think that's like the sort of the dual handed of like having grace for yourself, 
when you have a hard day and can't seem to do the right thing. And then at the same time, being able to persevere and move forward and do the things that you know you need to do. It's kind of kind of a balance. <laughs> They're kind of in contrast, but but doing both because it it helps keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. And I don't think you can persevere All without right. grace either. <laughs> no. So I love these. So I love these takeaways. So connected to you know, be really intentional about connecting to people in your life. You can't do life alone. You know, it's day by day, do the thing. I like that work for the cause, not for the applause. Uh, you know, boundaries and mental health, you know, like, you know, um, protecting your peace and your own mental health and physical, mental, emotional boundaries that are needed. And I think grace for yourself, you know, able to say yes and no without guilt. Uh, is really important and, and making changes in life changes that work for you. You know, I, I would say this year, wow, I, I would say all of them for me. Uh, but I would say that I, I realize as, as for me that even when tough times come, I think I really was surprised at how strong I could be. Like I didn't, and here's what's interesting. It's because I've been speaking for 25 years, you guys, about being strong in the midst of adversity and suffering. And, you know, in my life, I've had some really tough things happen. But I don't think I thought that I was as strong as I was until a pandemic hit and saw that I could really rise above and lead and, and, and live and find joy and figure stuff out. Like, I, I think when adversity and tough things hit, I think a lot of us women maybe don't realize how just strong and resilient we can be and i'm not saying with mental health like i'm saying in, in in different areas like i i just i think it was just a surprise that i was like whoa i kind of like wrote again rose to the occasion um and it wasn't without some hard days you know there were days i was in my pajamas for two days and i i really couldn't work and it was hard and and i know a lot of people are struggling you know with mental health and and yet it was just interesting that i was still able to to just move ahead and see see what was ahead and I, and I know it sounds funny that that shocked me but it in a way it did it also what I learned was that what I've been preaching and teaching I needed to live out and I've said this to many many pastors and women leaders who are my friends I've said for so many years we've been teaching about perseverance faithfulness resilience <laughs> strength with God and yet we never really had to put it into real action until now. The other part I always laughed was we always were like, what Laura's like, one day at a time, everybody, you can't control your life. Don't worry about the future because we didn't really have to worry. You know what I'm saying, you guys? And, you know, pre-COVID, we weren't really doing that because we felt we were in control of our lives and we had freedoms. And when all of that shifted, it was hilarious because I had some talks with my girlfriends. I'm like, how's it working for you now? <laughs> you know, like in a good way, in a loving way. But it's like, we taught it, but are we living it and do we believe it? And so for many of us, it was, it's was it been a really interesting reflection back on all the things we have told people and taught people for years, thousands of people. But are we personally living that out? Are we really believing what we've been saying and teaching for so many years? And so that's been a really good, really good reflection back One to me. One thing I noticed. Oh, well, sorry, I want to one no, thing you always no, encourage ahead. is take Sabbath. And when you're talking about practice what you preach, I've really noticed since we work together on the weekly newsletters each week, there's a little plug. Sign up for our weekly newsletters. We'll get to Monday <laughs> morning. But I get to see that Melinda actually did take Sabbath on Sundays. And I think all of us here as women entrepreneurs working, it's so hard to set that boundary. Because um, you could be working at all hours, responding to emails, jumping on your phone, mm -hmm. um, but to take Sabbath. So you are practicing what you preach now. Yeah. I am. I'm trying to. That's a big thing. Thanks to my husband, Chris, who's like Sabbath. So I want to say thank you uh, so much, you guys. Thanks for doing this. You guys were so great. Guess what? Here's the problem. I might have you guys back again because that was awesome. And maybe we'll have you back again for the start of season seven with like, what do you think is gonna happen? And then have you guys back again. I don't know, maybe I'll surprise you. Maybe in a team meeting, I'll record it. <laughs> and it will be like the podcast. 
Surprise! It's not a team meeting. It's a podcast. Ha ha. Yeah, but I schedule the meeting, so I may. <laughs> Got our vibe. Sorry, Mel. All I right, can't make that's... it. No, can't do it. <laughs> it's like, what's happening? How come no one's coming to the team meetings? Anyway, thank you so much. This was a great podcast. I love it. And it just reminds me, like, even just as you shared, you know, really just ensuring people are seen, heard, and loved by God, which is always our, you know, the end of every show. But I just want to make sure you know that you are seen, heard, and deeply loved by God. And I appreciate you. I'm so grateful for your work. A tremendous season, you guys. Well done. Um, have a great summer break. <laughs> and I say that, yes, do break, but still work. And then I'm looking forward to season seven, seeing where God takes us, the conversations we're going to have, the voices we're going to amplify. Really excited. So, 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 so love you. And thank you so much for being on this podcast today. Thanks. You did it! See Here Love with Melinda Estabrooks is a production of Crossroads Christian Communications Incorporated, a member of the Canadian Council of Christian Charities. To support this program, please visit seeherelove.com and click the donate button or call 1-800-265-3100. And from me and the See Here Love team, thanks so much for your support.